0: Hey, guys, CJ here. Just a reminder that the blood drive in Amanda Trails Honor is coming up really soon. It's on August 10th. So if you're in the South Charleston area, swing over to the Holiday Inn and Suites, donate blood, and you might potentially save a life. Of course, Amanda was a hero To so many of us, she was lost way too soon because of a deadly disease. But she knew the importance of giving blood, and so we hope you do too, or at least we can pass that on to you. Again, that's August 10th at the Holiday Inn and Suites in South Charleston, and it runs from 1 p.m. to 6.30. And you can also register on the Red Cross's website. Thanks, guys. In Charleston's East End sits one of the state's most unique indoor-outdoor shops, Capital Market. From a well-cooked meal, fresh fruits and veggies, to pumpkins and the perfect Christmas tree, one of the state's great venues has everything you might need. It's also just a super cool looking place.
1: But aside from connecting farmers to buyers, the market also acts as a pillar of the community, basically a home base for many philanthropic efforts within Charleston. And today on the podcast, we've got the person who's helped building those community relationships, Nicole Green Jenkins, who is the executive director of the Capital Market.
0: And working at the market has really been a full circle experience for Nicole. So stick around and we'll get into the details of that as well. We've got another good one coming your way. So sit back, relax, and enjoy this episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Mace, hit the music. not always shine in West Virginia, but the people always
1: do. All right, everybody, welcome to another episode of the Mountaineer Media Podcast. Today, we are joined by Nicole Green Jenkins. Nicole, good morning. How are you? Good morning. I'm great. How are you all
2: doing?
0: Phenomenal. CJ, how you doing, man? Doing well, man. Doing well. We're going to be talking about a very cool place in Charleston, probably one of the neatest places in Charleston today. So this is a good conversation I think we're about to have. So we're fired up this morning, yeah. Yeah,
1: I mean, so we're, that special place that CJ is referring to is the capital market, and if you're in Charleston, West Virginia, definitely if you're a Charleston listener, you're gonna be familiar with it. And if you're not in Charleston, uh, maybe we'll put you on to a great uh, homegrown, you know, local capital market. Nicole, how did you, how did you even get involved in that? Did you is that, um, you know, are you from Charleston, or let me let's just start there. Where, where are you from in West Virginia?
2: Uh, so I'm from Charleston, and um, I'm actually from Cross Lanes. But a lot of folks who aren't familiar with theory might not know Cross Lanes. I went to Nitro High School and then to Marshall University. And um, outside of a few years where I was traveling and doing some cool activities like being Miss West Virginia, um, I was I've been in West Virginia my whole life, and um, I love it. it. It's an amazing place to be, and it's something I'm really passionate about. Um, Kind of advocating for us and um, kind of changing the narrative of what it means to be from West Virginia. And I have always known that um, I wanted to do something that would give back to my home state. And so, from being Miss West Virginia through internships in college, and then in my career starting after college, I started working with nonprofits. So I was in a local nonprofit. Ended up kind of changing direction um, and was at a point where i thought i might actually leave west virginia and okay. um, i had that thought that i think a lot of us have sure. being young professionals of you know is there an opportunity here do i need to leave to find something and you know i think one of the great things about having the networks that we have here in Appalachian and in west virginia is that there's always going to be someone that kind of has your back or will send you an opportunity or you know folks that are trying to ensure that young people do stay in west virginia until I had one of those amazing mentors send me a communications coordinator job for capital market. And they were like, it may not be exactly what you're looking for, but you know, maybe this is just a, a good opportunity to help out this organization while you're looking for something else, or maybe some other opportunity will open up here um, in the meantime. Yeah. So I go and I end up getting the job and kind of falling in love with the organization. I, I grew up in Charleston, so I knew and loved it right. anyway. Um, But I didn't know that much about it, I think like a lot of people I didn't realize that it was a nonprofit, and I didn't realize all that we do for the community, um, through the programs through being access for folks experiencing food insecurity. All of those things that really make it more than just a cool retail space um so within a year of being there there's a longtime executive director her name's Tami kaufman she's actually the executive director of tamarack now that's where she up oh, okay. moving on to and so within a year of this job there's this huge position that opens up and um again being a young a young professional young woman in my career i thought I don't know. I had a lot of that kind of imposter syndrome right, going right. on. And mm-hmm. I wasn't sure if it was something that I would go after. But again, I knew it was something I was really passionate about, that I thought that I had a lot to offer in the way of really wanting, like I said, give back to the community, but then also kind of be that force for change and kind of moving things along in our community that um, might encourage other young professionals to stay. Um, apart from what we do in those programs for the community, we're also, I think, a place that adds to the quality of life of Charleston in our greater area. And those are the things that I think outside of even, outside of jobs, outside of whatever other opportunity, it's the things that people do and add to our lifestyles here that that's what's gonna keep people here. Mm-hmm. Um, when I have friends that talk about going to Columbus or Charlotte, it's not also it's not just the job that they're talking about. It's that there's places to shop, there's cool bars, there's um, you know, well, great markets, yeah, those yeah. type of things. And I think capital market is kind of one of those places that makes us competitive with those other cities and states, is that it's really adding some flavor and culture to to our life here. Um, so I started as executive director in January of 2019 which is a really interesting time to kind of come into all of right. this. Congratulations.
0: Anything. Yeah. You yeah the thank the you. best time in the history of uh, mankind to take over yeah. a new position.
2: Yeah. So it's, it's been a journey, but it's been incredibly rewarding. And it, it, you know, as you guys have said, if you're, if you're familiar with Charleston, you're familiar with capital market, you know, how vibrant it is, how much of a gem for our city it is. And it's, it's really just a pleasure to be there every day.
0: Yeah. I will say the the addition of the beer garden has been a nice touch to Capital Market. It's the, the extension off Soho's. That's very cool too, the outdoor bar there. That's Absolutely. neat. you I haven't set out there. yet. I need to. it's cool. To yeah, they got some too. TVs. It. Yeah, it's it's a heater when it's cold out. Oh yeah, it's neat. It's very cool.
2: And that was one of those things I think coming out I mean really it was a decision that was made in in the height of the pandemic when restaurants mm-hmm. could not have indoor dining and It was one of those things i think as folks who are maybe interested in being change makers or adding different things to our communities maybe use this as an opportunity like look at the silver lining of some of these terrible situations we've been in and say okay maybe this is an opportunity to do something we've always wanted to do but there's been a lot of pushback. and and so that was one of those opportunities we were able to really you know, support one of our businesses in, in a very impactful way, um, ensure that they were able to keep their business going through one of the most difficult times. But then it ended up being this amazing thing that is yeah. you know, calling in more young people. It, yep. It's really cool.
1: Yeah. Now, now it's a ton of just a ton of great you know, different angles that we can unpack and I'd, I'd love to dive into them, but I'll actually want to rewind. So you were Miss West Virginia. That's awesome. Like, tell us about that. Like, how did you, did you grow up kind of like in pageantry? And then was that like a goal throughout like middle school, high school, and then you got into it in college or walk us through how, how you ended up as that. And then what all does that entail? It's not just um, from my understanding. I mean, it, I don't, I don't know a whole lot about it, but I mean, it's not just like a, you know, a one-time thing you go around. I'm pretty sure like you meet different you know leaders of the state, you represent the state at different, fairs and whatnot so maybe walk us through how that all came about
2: absolutely so no I did not grow up in kind of the toddlers and tiaras or any any, any of that sort of thing I I came home one day and I told my parents that I wanted to do a pageant and I think they all but laughed at me I grew up (laughs) camping you know very true west virginia girl yeah. camping a lot of outdoor activities and i rode horses most of my life that was kind of my hobby of choice um and so my dad likes to joke that i went from one very expensive hobby to another expensive <laughs> hobby um, and <laughs> patterns or horse riding is basically a pageant on a horse um but i through, through horseback riding, going to horse shows, um, there was oftentimes these queens that were kind of giving out these rewards. And yeah. um, I was at the West Virginia State Fair showing one year and, and Miss West Virginia was there. And I was kind of like, hmm, I wonder how you, how you get to do that. And I mm-hmm. knew that there were scholarship opportunities. That was really one of the biggest draws for me was being able to kind of network a little bit. Um, I'm I'm a Virgo and an only child, so I've kind of always like understood the importance of like getting out, and getting to know people outside of kind of your inner circle. And um, so even at like 13, I knew I was like, I need to get out and do stuff and and meet people and um, yes. just be involved in my community. So that's how I first got involved. Um, there is a, a pageant system in West Virginia called West Virginia Association of Fairs and Festivals. And that's all of your kind of county fairs, your local fairs and festivals, Um, all have a, a queen representative. And then they send that young woman to compete in Charleston to be Miss West Virginia Association of Fairs and Festivals, and then gotcha. she's ultimately the state fair queen. Yeah. Um. So I competed in that for several years. Um, it's actually a... An association that's affiliated with the West Virginia Department of Agriculture. Um, oh. so it really helps to um, promote agritourism within the state and a lot of the importance of our fairs and festivals that support our communities. Um, so I did that until um I it took me five tries and I and I won that pageant, and that really kind of opened the door into understanding um that I could. Could do more, so I went and did Miss West Virginia after that. And on my second try, I I was first runner up the first year, and the second year I won. Um, and it ended up being a a great time to be a part of that organization. So I did Miss West Virginia that goes to Miss USA. And there's oftentimes a lot of questions of okay, Miss America, Miss USA, what are all of these things? So Miss America is the one that has the talent, and I am not. I have a lot of talents, but nothing that anyone ever wants to see, I think, done (laughs) on a stage. Um, I cannot sing, dance, anything like that. So Mm -hmm. um, Miss USA is typically a little bit more um, career-minded, you do a lot of interview opportunities. A lot of folks um, who do Miss USA maybe pursue modeling or acting or journalism, telecast, things like that. Um, so I wasn't sure if I if that was necessarily going to be my angle, but I just love the opportunity of being able to, like I said earlier, kind of change the narrative of what it means to be from from West Virginia. Um I often got that many times. Right. You know so you you're in your year of being Miss West Virginia, you I mean, that is your job for the year. You're traveling, you're preparing for Miss USA, that's, um, you're that's advocating. Crazy. Yeah, you're um it, and I was in Miss West Virginia in 2016. Um, You're advocating for the causes that you're passionate about. Um, For me, that was um, a lot of women's issues. I worked with organizations like Susan G. Komen and West Virginia Free and Fairness West Virginia, um, really working to make sure that West Virginia is a place that's welcoming for all people. Um, That was really at the height of the all means y'all, or y'all means all kind of campaign that we were uh, doing in the state at that time. So it was, it was a great opportunity to kind of get out and, and be um, a voice for some of these things that I was really passionate about. Um, but at the same time, still kind of dealing with some of those, those stereotypes and things that, unfortunately, I think we've all faced being from West Virginia, and you're kind of working with folks nationally that, I'd get the call. I remember the pageant aired on Fox. And I remember getting this call from a producer and they come and they film you in your hometown and your home state. And, you know, I'm telling them I'm from Charleston and, and this sort of thing. And they're like, okay, well, is there, like, a dirt road, and um, we'd like to, like, film you, like, near, like, this thing, and and I was just kind of, like, yeah, like, I mean, we can drive to Fayetteville, I mean, just right. like your background, Cooper, like, there's some really, really gorgeous outdoor spots that we could go to, but I'm from Charleston, like, our roads are paved, we, right, yeah. we have, <laughs> we have real indoor society. plumbing, yeah, we've go
1: got Lord. indoor plumbing, we've got restaurants, like, we it's, you know,
2: exactly, and so it's, you know, still kind of, I think, challenging some of those preconceived notions of what it means to be to be Westford from west virginia and um, even getting there i was constantly um you know asked about the whole richmond thing or right. um would be called miss virginia even though that's very clearly not what it said so Jesus, yeah,
1: I like, Gosh, I um,
2: so i ended up making top 15 at, at nationals and so um, that was an amazing experience and a great opportunity to um kind of showcase the who we are and um, that we're more than just these stereotypes that typically follow us. And um, it was it was a great opportunity to kind of be able to represent my home state in a way that was really positive. And, um, you know, I didn't come home with the crown, but, um, you know, having a, a placement like that, a top 15 placement, one of only 10 in the um, over 60 year pageant history. Um, so it was a great opportunity, I think, to kind of change how people perceive us. And it is a little win anytime you get um, any sort of national recognition like that, so it it was a great experience.
0: Where was the competition that year? What what city was it in?
2: In at the T-Mobile Arena in Las Vegas.
0: <clears throat> Is it always in Las Vegas? Or no,
2: and um, I think they've uh, this year. I can't I can't even remember where it was. Maybe Miami or something or Memphis. And um, they it changes. There's different host cities, just like any other yeah, yeah. kind of major competition like that. Um, but it I had was lucky enough to compete after there was some previous ownership um, without getting into the politics yeah, of yeah, all of yeah. that. There was previous ownership. So I was very lucky to be able to compete after oh. um, all of that. So without the um, any of that kind of negativity looming for the competition. Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: what is up everybody this is the mountaineer roasting company coffee break and if you go to mountaineerroasting.com use code media 15 to save 15 percent off on your coffee look here at mountaineer media We have a passion for supporting small businesses, and that's exactly what we're doing with Mountaineer Roasting Company. They are a great West Virginia small business. Your coffee is roasted right here in the state and gets shipped right to your door. So why don't you just use code MEDIA15, save yourself 15% and have a bag of the delicious coffee sent right to your house. Mountaineerroasting.com, use code
0: MEDIA15 to save 15%. So no, I, I I do love stories of anybody that goes to the national level and gets to represent West Virginia because our buddy Mason Jack, we're on TikTok. He posted a TikTok about protecting West Virginia. Defending West Virginia is a full time job, you know? Mm-hmm. And I'm sure that you have realized that. You realize that very early on in your pageantry days that uh when you when you leave the state you really gotta <laughs> you gotta defend the home turf you know <laughs> so Absolutely. only
1: West Virginians can joke about West Virginians you can't have somebody from like yeah, you exactly. know, Ohio or Florida say something to you it about immediately Virginia. becomes offensive yeah. yeah it's like well hold on now wait a second yeah you Look don't there. know what you're talking about
2: <laughs> I know there's like a meme that circulated for a while that has like a little possum sitting on a trash can and it's like me defending West Virginia and it's <laughs> I I would say that lovingly. I I love this place so so much, but we have our problems just like anything else. And but it's ours; they're our problems, and yeah. we can poke fun of it, but no one else can, and we will defend yeah. it just like that angry pasta.
1: Yeah, well, that, that's the biggest reason we did this is because we were, you know, we were tired, of, just as you said, like of the jokes, of the stereotypical stuff. So we wanted to showcase people that were, hey, look, we've got what incredible estrogens, there are, good things going on. Um, I think it's just having um, a voice within the media, not letting like national stereotypes and headlines kind of constantly rain on our culture and tell us what we are and tell us what our problems are, and you know, wh- you know, whatever. I think we need to internally talk about it, um, and so that's that's what we hope to do. Obviously, um, when you were traveling around West Virginia, what was your um, what's your favorite part of the state? Are you a Fayetteville kind of girl? Are you a Dolly Sods? Are you Northern Panhandle? Where, where's the if you could go anywhere for like a three day cabin vacation? Where's Nicole Green Jenkins going?
2: Oh my gosh, that is a hard question. Um, I don't know. I don't know if I would take the whole weekend and go to one spot. I think I would do like a full road trip and kind of start in one place and go go elsewhere. Um, as a Marshall girl, I know, are you guys in Morgantown?
1: We're, Charleston. From, we're from Charleston too, we went to perfect.
2: WU. Yeah. Um, but so I support WU and all all West Virginia institutions, but I am a Marshall girl. And it's kind of like its own pocket that needs protection over, oh. over West Virginia, because we we get a bad rap sometimes or we get picked on by, by the <laughs> WU folks. But, Um, I I think I would start in Huntington. I think it is such an kind of overlooked area of our state and they really have, um, Mayor Williams is a great advocate for the city and um, has done so much with Marshall to really grow and support their communities. Um, so I think I would start in Huntington. There's an amazing restaurant scene there. I would come to Charleston, just our hometown. Um, I, I am an outdoor person, but I think it's, again, it's, I think some you know people might know that. They might know that we have whitewater rafting and we have these world-class outdoor activities, but I don't think they know about how amazing Appalachian cuisine is or how amazing our wineries are or um like the Clay Center and mm-hmm. the Morgan Hotel and Morgantown. I mean, there's these amazing places that people have really invested in that are, you know, kind of people. Um these are projects that people have started and, and are really working to um or like capital market i mean places that really you know, they're invested <laughs> right. into by people um and not that our outdoor places aren't those things too but um i don't know i might get a cool airbnb and hang out in one of our cool cities um but if i had to pick an outdoor place i would probably say i actually really love harper's ferry and like the shepherdstown area yeah. and that's getting in kind of more of the city stuff but shepherdstown has some really cool breweries and um We we have a cool state. You can't pick one place. I know, it's hard. We're amazing all over.
0: Yeah, well, what's unique to me about West Virginia is that, you know, it's really not that big. But if you go to the northern panhandle, that is so different than what you're going to get in the eastern panhandle in Mm -hmm. central West Virginia, in southern West Virginia. I mean, it is like so many different cultures all mixed in with one state so I have not done the Eastern Panhandle tour as much as you know I would have liked honestly or I would like I'd like to hit Shepherdstown I've never been Harper's Ferry so yeah yeah no I know I mean the uh the history well, it's like six hours
1: right from Charleston is it not like six hours across oh, it is. Yeah, the state like to you go get up to
0: Morgantown steps? and then you, you right. hang a right and you just keep driving so yeah, yeah. yeah very cool uh touching back on to Huntington too I agree Huntington has really captured like the the youth scene I think they have a lot lot of like brunch locations a bunch of great coffee bars and then you know actual bars and steve williams has definitely embraced that so that's going to be a loss for them for the city of huntington with him stepping away so um but i do think huntington is kind of not a hidden gym but it's a gym people don't even realize is a gym so how many people have we talked to cj
1: there's like i feel like there's a lot of creative juices out of huntington i feel like we've talked to so many like musicians and there's always these like like the Michael Service, like the like the yeah. like comedic acts and like Corey Brown, Zolos, who we just yeah, talked Corey to, Brown, he's from Huntington Dave Lavender. Yeah. Like yeah, it just exactly. seems like like out of Huntington, there's a lot of um, embracing of like the creative yeah. arts from from our perspective because we've interviewed so many people that kind of come from that area of the state. Yeah, um, so I don't know what they're doing over there, but it's it's working in terms of well, creative and, arts. And
0: just one more touch on Huntington. What's cool about Huntington and really unique in is that it sits on the edge of West Virginia, where it can go Kentucky, Ohio, and West Virginians can all visit Huntington. I think that's part of what Charleston's problem is. It's landlocked to a mm-hmm. point. People aren't going to go through Huntington to get to Charleston as often. You know, Huntington is really booming on the edge of the state there. So anyway, that's my riff about that. But um, So take us back to capital market because Cooper and I off air were talking about how uh you know what capital market is unique at doing is capturing a lot of West Virginia's flavors, right? We have Mountaineer roasting coffee. They sponsor this podcast, but it's sold at capital market. We're going to have another guy on here in a couple of weeks, Matt, right Matt hammock. Yes, yeah. Owner of uh, micro greens, who has a great story behind him as well. So like it is capital market is just this infusion of so many different flavors and local, Tastes of West Virginia, uh, you know, put under one roof. And that's so, so cool. So, you know, where are you guys at in 2021? And how do you guys keep growing and and keep keeping that, uh, you know, that flavor of West Virginia?
2: Absolutely. So, well, to kind of talk about where we're going in the future, I want to talk about how, where we've been. Um, mm-hmm. So, we are a historic site. The We are a former train depot um, that was built in 1890, and so it oh, had yes. many lives before it became Capital Market. It's been, it has been was a train depot, it was a recycling center, it was a storage facility, so it's been many things before finally in 1997 it was converted to um, to capital market and how you see it today. Mm-hmm. Um, it was really a partnership between a lot of organizations within our town and a lot of like kind of movers and shakers who really wanted to see um, Charleston grow. And it was it was meant to be kind of the cap to some of these other projects that they were working on in town, um, finishing out the Haddad Riverfront Park, um, envisioning a space like the Clay Center. At that time in the 90s, they were really kind of thinking about the Charleston Town Center being an anchor to all of this and then needing something to anchor it in the north. And um, that was Capital Market to really be kind of the the shining beacon on the hill at the end of Capital Street that as folks are, whether they're locals or tourists, um, can come after strolling through our downtown and then being able to cap off their day um, at this really interesting and diverse Place. Um, so we have the indoor, the indoor market has been at full capacity since 2016, um, with the, our latest addition was the sushi garden. And then our outdoor market, really that's the kind of oldest piece, it's even kind of predates Capital Market itself. Um, the West Virginia Department of Agriculture had a farmers market uh, since the early 70s in kind of a similar nearby location underneath the interstate. In downtown Charleston, and uh, when they were thinking about making capital market, West Virginia DA and and the late Commissioner Gus Douglas was really instrumental in thinking of a place that um, West Virginia farmers and regional farmers could come and sell their wares. That would be a more finished location, more kind of professional and polished looking, and covered, and could kind of handle any type of weather thrown our way. Um, And we are. We're a a seven-day-a-week market, and we're open April through um, December for our outdoor market, and then we're open year-round for our indoor market. Um, So we're really a unique place, not just in West Virginia, but um, really on the East Coast, there's not very many farmers markets that you have that are seven days a week. Um, we kind of mirror ourselves after uh, North Market in Columbus or like and Terminal, some of these other cities that you go to and you kind of see similar locations. But um, that is tying this back to the Miss West Virginia thing. When I did have that film crew come, uh, we stopped off for lunch at Capital Market. This is before I ever worked there. Um, and all of these folks were from, uh, were from New York. They all, most of them live in Brooklyn. And they were so impressed with Capital Market. They were like, no. And I kept referencing it to Chelsea Market, which is in uh, the Meatpacking District in New York. and um I was like yeah like this you know we're kind of like a little version of that and they're like no we, we like this better this is yeah. like it doesn't feel overwhelming and it's open and it's beautiful and um so it was really cool to hear those folks who I was a little worried about coming into our hometown and maybe judging us or having this you know kind of negative interpretation of what West Virginia is and then being so impressed once they're here and I feel like that's that is the case in 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 most folks who end up visiting us they they might come with a with whatever notion that they think that West Virginia is, but then they leave feeling like, wow,
0: Wow, I I judged
1: this
2: place. You know, it's so much better than I ever thought it could be. Um, So that's kind of where we are now. It's, um, we're at capacity in the indoor market. We've had a lot of changes, obviously COVID through A lot of challenges our way. Um, And we're kind of dealing with some other challenges too. Um, Like I said, we are a nonprofit and a lot of folks don't realize that. Our mission is to support small businesses, to Mm -hmm. lift up local farmers and create a community space for all. Um, But being a nonprofit, that means funding is always a major challenge. Um, We do uh, have a low cost rent for all of our tenants, but that covers, they don't pay anything else besides rent. That covers their utilities. internet social media all of those things are kind of covered our we have a marketing committee that works to uh, provide events and support folks through our social channels and email marketing and things like that running the website all of that Um, but we don't we don't charge anything else outside of that for our tenants we really want to kind of cut through those barriers that make it difficult for a small business to operate Um, and especially for our farmers i'm so excited that you guys are going to have matt with all my greens on because i think he's really Uh, a true example of a success story with capital market he kind of started out as just this one man band um, growing his microgreens having a a little table at capital market once a week and within less than a year has now grown this to be a a multi-state operation and um, that's kind of the goal right is to make sure that we're supporting folks who have a dream and they can have a place that they come to and to see that dream flourish we've seen that with george patterson with um, hernshaw farms mushrooms Um, with Mountain State Flower Farm, and even some of our our bigger, more established growers like Grits Farm, Um, they really, Brad Grit, I have to give him a shout out, we went to Marshall together. um, And he's, again, one of these people that um, left West Virginia for a while, came back and really invested back into his family business, into our state and our region, um, growing agritourism, and um, really investing back in the spaces like Capital Market um, that helped them grow. And then you see that again with with folks indoors like Soho's, who um, we've had, they have a new owner um, who has really taken this time to invest into the space, um, redo their their brunch menu and um, offer different craft beers and build out this beer garden. And um, we've been able to partner with them to make so many of those things happen. And it's, it's just about, you know, I think we saw our mission um, it's always important. It's been important for our 24 year history, but I think through this pandemic um, it's never been more important to support small businesses and farmers, because those are the folks who they've been there for our community this whole time. Right. And then now um, we need to make sure that we're continuing to support them so they, they stay here with us. And um, we've been, you know, not just in that support for our businesses and our farmers, that third piece of our mission is to be this community space for all. So sometimes that looks like free children's events or cooking classes for seniors. We partner with ARP to make those happen. Um, but through the pandemic um, in July of 2020, uh, there's a program in West Virginia called Snap Stretch and it doubles or triples folks EBT, um, Snap EBT dollars when they spend it uh, on local food through West Virginia farmers markets. And it's a program we've been- yeah, it, it's a great program and it's amazing for helping to fight food insecurity for families in West Virginia. Um, but there's not oftentimes a lot of places that folks can go to do that or you know, most farmers markets kind of follow that like weekend pop-up model. Um, so if your one day off a week is on a Tuesday, yeah. you're going to go to a Walmart or a Dollar General to right. use your EBT dollar. So a place like Capital Market really provides so many opportunities for folks to come um, and buy and support local, um, and then so supporting those folks, those those farmers are being reimbursed through this grant program that we were the nonprofit entity that facilitates it. But West Virginia Food and Farm Coalition is a partner organization that helps us facilitate the grant and run the program. So the farmers get paid um, for their wares, but then they're also feeding folks in our community through this program. So um, we. Not many folks, were, I think we doing new things or adding more to their plate in the pandemic, but that was something that we knew that um, we need to support our community through this, and we need to support our farmers through this. So um, we were willing to roll up our sleeves and and make it happen to ensure that um, we could start that through the pandemic. But now it'll it's a it's a every year program, so folks can come and participate that at Capital Market uh, any day of the week, um, as long as we have. Uh, fresh fruit or put produce in our outdoor market folks can come and do that through at least the end of october um, and come back in 2021 or 2022 to do it
1: what is up guys let me paint this picture for you when i use razor rub which is a west virginia original recipe seasoning here's how i prepare chicken right I'll get the chicken out. I'll put it on a cutting board. I will usually sprinkle a few tablespoons worth of raised rub all over the chicken. I'll let it sit for maybe 20, 30 minutes. Let it get close to room temperature. And then I put it on a skillet over medium heat. You can't sear chicken because if you sear chicken, it sears the outside. The inside's not cooked and nobody wants medium rare chicken. So you start at a low heat, right? But my raised rub has already been on there for 30 minutes. So I slowly cook my chicken for about 20 minutes. I bring, you know, I cook it all the way through, basting it with butter and oil, maybe a little bit more salt along the way. And then at the very end, I put a little bit more raised rub on and then I turn the heat up and sear it. So what that happens, it's got a nice consistent internal temperature. It's well cooked, but then on the outside, it's got a crusty raised rub flavor on the outside. That's how I use it. and I want you to do the same thing. So jump over to Amazon, get yourself an order. It's $12 for a massive bottle. It'll last you months and months. You can keep it as a staple in your kitchen. Shout out to Brody and the company that he's building in honor of his late father. It's a wonderful story. He's the real deal West Virginian. So we are so proud to have them as sponsors of the podcast and we hope you give them a shot and uh, try out their uh, seasoning over at Ray's Rubs the last sponsorship we want to talk about is our good friends over at Mountaineer Employment Solutions. And if you remember, we had Bill Carter, the founder on the podcast. Great guy, wonderful entrepreneur, really is thinking about the state in a dynamic way. Uh, He's just got a mission, man. He wants to employ West Virginians. He wants to do it the right way and connect you with high quality permanent jobs. So go over to beamountaineer.com. If you go to beamountaineer.com, you can check out their listings. You can get a conversation started with their team, and maybe you'll find a job for you your friends your family members and hey look if you're a small business owner if you know somebody who owns a small business they handle a lot of the hr hiring process quite honestly the bs that you don't have time to deal with they've got a system they use technology they're innovative they're lean they're quick they're efficient they know what they're doing they you know what i'm saying they are really really do it right they will help you hire dozens and dozens of people so reach out to them be is where you can find everything. Bill Carter is the founder. Great guy. Catch his episode a few episodes back. But uh, that's it, guys. Look, check him out. And uh, let's get right back to the episode. Yeah. yeah. Well, you weren't kidding when you said that was a big job that you were stepping into. Because now <laughs> that... I mean, I've known... I've known the capital market for, I mean, since ever, like, I mean, I, I grew up getting like our, our pumpkins there at, you mm-hmm. know, at Halloween, Christmas we, trees, Christmas yeah, trees. Yeah, I exactly. have a funny story. <laughs> this guy, I, I have to tell the story. My parents here are going to laugh. Um, this guy every year he was selling these Christmas trees and he was a rather big gentleman. And we would just get a kick out of the fact that once we got our tree and that we had a Chevy Suburban, like this was like 2007, right. And everyone was getting like the big Suburbans and every year the same guy would like put our tree on top of his, car and his like his his little graphics his stomach would just like press against our glass on our car and us kids we it was like it became like a funny like family inside joke of just what like going down to get the Christmas tree from this guy um um, but it's true but it it, to me it's like it's you know it's such rooted in my family because we you know every every holiday we get our spring flowers there we get our pumpkins we get our Christmas trees we got to eat there um, and then, like you were saying, I mean, it's almost like a, I didn't, I didn't, I kind of suspected that it was a nonprofit, but when you kind of stop and think, you got, I mean, you're a small business incubator, you're a community, you know, market for people to buy food from. You're, I mean, you're like eight different things to a hundred different people. Um, I, that's just tremendous. I mean, such a, there's no way that we would ever, should ever let the capital market, we shouldn't lose it in terms of funding. I think, I think you'd see a lot of people step up and try to support it, but that's also another point is that we don't, we kind of take small businesses for granted until they're gone. Like so many of us like love small businesses, then it's like, oh damn, like why'd that close down? It's like, well, you gotta go there and support them. You gotta shout them <laughs> out. have you been there before? Media. Yeah. You gotta <laughs> shop there. You gotta like, you know, you gotta tell your friends to shop local. Like, so I think that's a, a, a lesson for all of us is that like you said during the pandemic we all kind of wanted to know where we were getting our stuff from we wanted to support the local businesses we wanted to keep people employed we all just kind of it felt like a sense of community was heightened during the pandemic and still is and hopefully that trend can um you know continues forward but we have to always be relentless defenders and supporters of small businesses because statistically they keep most people employed and it's what kind of gels the community um so man, yeah, you were you were not joking when you said you had a, a big uh, a big job to do, but that, that's just such incredible work. It's got be it's gotta be very rewarding for you as well, for your home state to be doing that such you know passionate work within West Virginia.
2: Absolutely. And, and to your point about what, what these small businesses and farmers do for our community, um, just at Capital Market alone, our small businesses and farmers provide a $9 million economic impact for our, our region. So that's not just Charleston. That's our farmers are coming from Jackson County, from Rhone County. Mm-hmm. Um, they're getting peaches in, in the Eastern Panhandle. Um, Hall's Chocolates inside the market is coming from Vienna, West Virginia. So. When you're spending your knowledge, globally, you're supporting um, our, our greater Charleston community, but then also counties from around the state. So it's it's a huge impact when you think about this the small brick building at 800 Smith Street in downtown Charleston really is providing this huge impact for the state. Um, and over half a million visitors come to Capital Market annually. And um, of course, that's pre-pandemic numbers, but right. um, we are on track to to be right back where we were in 2019. And um, with things kind of opening up again, and and folks are doing everything that they need to do to make sure that um, small business can be supported and, and being conscious of those health decisions and safety decisions. So that way, we can get back to normal.
0: Yeah. get vaccinated people yes <laughs> i was just looking at your social too so it's one two things one it's national farmers week so it's kind of cool right on point point. and then two i i totally forgot that jennifer Gardner made her way down to capital market so i'm sure that you weren't working from home that day right
2: no 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 like i said we <laughs> we have worked um so really capital market never closed in a, a
0: through the pandemic like actually yeah. closed
2: down kind of yeah. way um, our indoor market, you know, we followed all state guidelines and our community guidelines to make sure we were operating safely and in a way that um, worked best for our community. So um, if folks couldn't come inside the indoor market, we were doing curbside, um, or we're very lucky to have the outdoor space that folks can come um, and walk through an open-air market um, in, in an open-air environment um, or doing outside dining. So we've been here every single day um, through all of this and, and we're just so grateful for our community supporting us through this. Um, But it's, there's, we're such an interesting space. Like we're in downtown Charleston, anything and everything could happen Um, and no two days are alike. So you might have one day that is, you know, incredibly stressful or some you know it's a historic building so something can break or you know, some stressful thing right. and then the next day you walk in and rosemary ketchum and jennifer garner are there and you're just like okay this is this is a pretty cool That's job pretty
0: cool, yeah. um
2: i might have i loved you guys did the episode with rosemary and mm. i might have fangirled a little bit more over rosemary than even jennifer garner because <laughs> it's just so cool to see These two, you know, representatives for our state um, that are so positive and really making a difference in our community. this cool place in our community that's right. different so that was a really cool day
1: we've been trying so hard if you and we, we won't put you publicly <laughs> in pressure Hi. to give give us an email we've been trying to get jennifer Gardner to <laughs> give come us an email <laughs> um because she is she does i mean she does i mean you know she's busy she's you know at her level of um you know when you accrue that much attention i'm sure when she comes back not always is she trying to do stuff like that she maybe wants to visit her family and have a low-key day um pop over to ellen's ice cream maybe a uh, short walk from the capital market but um but you're right i mean it is um it's such a it's an important hub for the whole for the whole state i mean like you said it's it's brought in it's not just charleston people okay this only supports the charleston economy it does but it's brought in from all over the state so so many different farmers and you know all these different people get impacted by it Um, and it's just beautiful i mean it's so aesthetically pleased i can't help every time i go down there it's like all right i have to do like the instagram story because it's just like no matter where you look it's like you're sitting i always sit at like get a coffee at me a cup sit sit there probably wait for one or whoever i'm with to like shop at those little tables across from johnny's meat market and if you look down like you can see like all the way down and then you know the wine selection to get wine right there um, all the way down to the purple onion at the very end um, it's such a beautiful place inside and out i mean it's such um i don't know it's just incredible that uh we have that and then you guys storytelling and keep um keep publicly advocating i would say for it because like i said i would be ashamed for people to take it for granted because it is such a a richness to our culture i'm not just economically but like you said quality of life i mean it just makes it so much better to go stroll down there and not go into like a big box realtor it's like no like i'm gonna go down to the market and meet people and be outside and you feel good about yourself
2: absolutely and there's so many ways that folks can support capital market definitely come and support our small businesses make that conscious decision when you have to buy dinner tonight that you're going to come support local farmers rather than going to your commercial grocery store so do that every that's an easy decision that you can make every single day but then for the market itself the nonprofit side of things that i'm the executive director of um come and support our events um be a part of our fundraisers so we have we're bringing those back this fall as kind of things are starting to open up um, we have our first event actually this Saturday um, we partner with man meal um, you know again that community space means more than just. Um, you know, a certain type of people or um, you know a cocktail event or something like that it means kind of embracing some of the needs of, of folks within our community and, and folks experiencing homelessness and food insecurity. So um, the event that we do with Man Meal is called String and Beans for Man and Meal. A very classic Appalachian activity. You can come enjoy the market space. We'll have live music um, and you buy a bushel of green beans and you sit around with your community members and you string those beans and they have a goal. Usually we try to get about 800 to 1000 pounds of beans will freeze those and then they can use them to feed folks in our community who need it throughout the year Um, so it's a great event that we'll have from saturday from 10 to 2 at capital market Um, and that'll really kick off what we're hoping will be a great event season and kind of return to some of these events that we've missed out over the last year. Um, we have Green Chili Cook-Off coming up on September 4th, Labor Day weekend. Um, it's an amazing event. Um, folks come from all over the country to Charleston. Uh, we have over 35 chili cooks, um, over 40 types of craft beer from around the state, um, and it's specifically chili birthday or green chili. So we're the only um, Chili verde competition um, on the east coast so nice. folks can come it's a it's I mean, if you've never had it it's amazing um and we're hoping that it'll be a good kickoff to fall and um, hopefully labor day weekend will be kind to us and not be blistering hot for a chili season <laughs> but we normally have that in march prior to um st Patrick's day kind of playing off okay. the green um but you know we're just kind of pivoting and shifting and making sure that we can have these events when we can um you know they're their fundraisers for the market and helps support our sustainability and we really cap off um, our fundraising season each year um, with our our main event our uh, premier fundraiser of the year is called market mixer always the first Wednesday in October from 6 p.m. to 8 p.m. Tickets for that actually go on sale this Friday Um, and it's just amazing kind of mad dash around the market an open house um, less formal than a gala we are an indoor outdoor farmers market so black tie doesn't make sense for us it's a really open and welcoming environment that folks can come and enjoy um, live music and craft beer and wine Um, local celebrity chef Paul Smith cooks with us Mm -hmm. Um, so if you haven't been to 10 and some of those places, this is a great opportunity to kind of come and taste some of his amazing recipes. Um, And you can go around, we do a commemorative tote that night uh, for folks who attend. um, So that way you can use that when you come back to shop with the market. But then that that night you can go around and visit with all of our market tenants. And they, as a thank you for kind of supporting them through the year and and for supporting the market itself, um, you'll get free goodies like mini J.Q. Dickinson salts and local jams and coupons to come back and shop. Um, So it's just a really great opportunity to come out and support the market, um, we average on average earn about $55,000 from that one event, and that wow. helps support um, the maintenance and care for the market property. So previous projects from this event have been redoing our public restrooms, um, roofing projects. For this one, we hope to be able to um, redo some of our parking lots and um, being a, a space that was really able to utilize our our uh, kind of driveways and parking spaces for curbside and, and being that space that folks could safely shop. Um, they've had a lot of wear and tear over the last year um, right. in our 20-year history. So um, we're hoping to be able to revitalize some of the areas of the property to keep it beautiful for years to come.
0: It's very cool. Yeah,
1: yeah that, that is awesome stuff. It's just, uh, we'll, you have to aggregate all these different, um, dates and stuff for us because we'll push it out through and let people know about them. Cause I would say, you know, most of our audience is Charleston centric. So hopefully we can get some people to come to it. Um, what else, what, what's on the radar for you? I mean, personally, professionally, what's, um, where do you go from here? I mean, we come out of the pandemic. Hopefully we're trying to get out of it, um, slowly and surely, it seems like. But, um, what are some of the things that you're, you know, besides the work at the capital market? I mean, do you have any ambitions? You're going to stay in West Virginia forever? You're going to, like, build different businesses is just kind of like your dream job like what's what's on the radar for you?
2: Oh my goodness. Um well I'm still crap I will turn 30 at the end of this month. So I'm still kind of like grappling with that. I'm kind of asking <laughs> myself that question every day because I right. think I, when you reach some sort of milestone like that, you're like, okay,
1: like where do go from here what are
2: my goals from here? Um we my husband and I just bought a house um nice. in May. And so it's, uh, it was built in the thirties. So this is kind of our big passion project right now. If you can kind of see this wallpaper behind me, there's a lot of this all through the house and some people love it. I I can't quite, I don't (laughs) know how I feel about it yet. Um, so there's just lots of projects like that. It's really, I think that's something that I learned from the pandemic is that really taking the time to kind of slow down a little bit, invest Mm -hmm. in some of the things in your own life that make you happy, whether it's. You know, a passion project, starting a podcast. Um, mm-hmm. I have a blog too. Um, so I want to kind of invest some more time in that. And um, it's really just about kind of celebrating um, some of the things that that make West Virginia special, um, particularly from like a, a fashion and beauty and um, you know kind of local business kind of um, perspective. Um, again, working to kind of change the narrative of what what it means to be from Appalachia and from West Virginia. Um so I think personally kind of investing some mm-hmm. of those those things that um I may have like pushed back to the side or thought, oh, like that's that's silly. I shouldn't be doing things like that. Um and then professionally just, you know, I'm I have an a, b- like I said, I'm, I'm about to turn 30 and I have this amazing position with Capital Market um, to be a young professional in our state that has um, a leadership position like this. I think it's a great opportunity to to be a change maker, to make sure we're being inclusive and including young people and BIPOC folks and um, you know just making sure that everyone is a part of the conversation to making our communities better, I think is incredibly important. And I have this amazing opportunity to do that um, and to continue to work to make you know Charleston this place that I, that I know I can be and keep celebrating it so it's it's a really cool time and hopefully we're at this place now that um we can start to see some of things opening back up and and life mm-hmm. to get back to normal and and for some progress
0: yeah well you're doing some great work within the capital market and the city of Charleston so one we thank you for that and two Thank you for joining us. We've had a a great discussion here. Is there anything else that you'd like to just kind of promote or, or get out there that we didn't discuss?
2: Um, I would just say again, like I, we have our events. The, the only other um, thing that I didn't mention about supporting Capital Market, um, there are lots of volunteer opportunities. Sometimes folks may not be able to financially give to an organization that they care about, but there's always there's always your time that you can give, or your expertise or skill that you have. Um, so I'll, I'll give you guys my email. It's just Nicole N I C H O L E at CapitalMarket.net. We're always working to um, you know have volunteers, whether that's for an event or for helping out with any number of projects around the marketplace. Um, There's so many opportunities for folks to be able to give back in their community, um, even if it's not financially. But if you would like to make a gift to Capital Market, um, outside of our fundraisers, we do offer a campaign called the My Market Annual Fund. Um, It's a way to give back to the market, either uh, with a one-time donation or a monthly donation. Um, It's super easy to set up. They're just automatic deductions. you know, even something as little as $5 a month, um, we have uh, that program to be able to uh, sustain the market and then you know give thank yous to the community members who are doing that and participating through that fundraiser um, we have gifts like limited edition base camp prints of capital market uh, tote bags uh, coupon books um, awesome. and then if you've been to the market recently you will notice along our porch there are these beautiful planner boxes that have um, business names community member names along those boxes um, and those are donors who have helped uh, support capital market through that my market annual fund so it's a great way to have a kind of a peer-to-peer fund Fundraiser to
1: um, really give back to this space that is is a true gem in Charleston. Love yeah. it, love it. Nicole Green Jenkins, Executive Director of the Capital Market and proud West Virginia. Thank you so much for coming on. We we are honored to have you on and keep fighting for West Virginia because I think you're doing a great job. So thank you. Thank you guys.
2: You
0: too. All right, everybody. That's going to do it for this episode. Thank you again to Nicole for coming on and joining us and telling your story about you know, growing up in Knight's Road to becoming Miss West Virginia to this full circle moment of working for the capital market and at the market. I mean, just a unique and cool story. So we appreciate you joining us and telling us about it. And hopefully we can get some people down there uh, or maybe somebody from outside of Charleston will hear this and will come down and visit it because truly it is one of the more incredible locations in the Mountain State. So Nicole, thank you again. We appreciate you very much. And thank you guys as well for listening to another episode. We'll see you soon.